Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Radu Palamari, Managing Director of Elkut Global. Recording this episode with a, with a special guest, a great guest, Siuling Wu, who is the Managing Director for the Asian Business Edible Oil Solutions of Cargill. She's had quite a career. She's had many different roles before this in Cargill as well. She came from supply chain sourcing, SNOP, uh, lean manufacturing. And before Cargill, she also had a long career, about 10 years with the Yam Group in China as supply chain director there. For those of you, few of you, I think, not too many don't know what Cargill is. But anyways, let me do a brief introduction also of Cargill. It's one of the largest global food corporations. Some of their major businesses are including trading, purchasing and distribution of grain and other agricultural commodities. And it is the largest privately held corporation by revenue in the state. So huge, huge business, over 166,000 employees in 66 countries. So that's 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 a big some big numbers. So Xueling, great to have you. Thanks for joining us. Hi Radu and hello everyone. It is my great pleasure to virtually meeting all of you here, and especially has been in the supply chain field for so long. It feels so warm and warm hearted for me to be back to connect with all of you again here. Super. So maybe that, that's the first point. Like like we were discussing. Um, earlier right so a lot of people in supply chain do want to make this shift that you managed to do right with with cargill you're now in a full pnl position managing a business maybe tell us how was that for you how did you manage to make that that shift happen in your career first that's a very good question radu and indeed even in cargill the managing director positions with my background coming from supply chain is not common First, I want to talk a little bit as last time when you and I have a brief catch up. First of all, I have I was inspired in one of the forums when I was in uh, Yang as the supply chain director. And I'm very curious to try to understand how the world-class global supply chain leadership will look like. And during one of the uh, during that forum, one of the successful stories has been shared with the uh, group of uh, supply chain profession was about if I'm not wrong, is GE, one of the very senior positions that person has been selected to run business from his previous position as a supply chain director. The key words that story has told, has kind of inspired me is, is all about leadership and it's about your inspiration. So there's no black and white because in a function you cannot run PNL. The ultimate question is why it is important to you and how you're going to contribute and what fundamental capability that you must have, regardless if you run supply chain or you run the PNL. Mm -hmm. And are there, so you made this switch about three years ago, right? And um, there's always an adjustment, right? In terms of uh, shifting roles, you've done many of those. What did you sense or what were the biggest adjustments that you had to, to make, right? For coming from, well, I think your last role in, in, in Cargill was more on strategy. But anyways, coming from that world of supply chain strategy then to a PNL. What did you have to change? Well, that's that's indeed that's a very good question, so especially for those who has interest to develop your career more into a general management role and full PNL responsibility. Here's my experience and my learnings from my transition can be a reference for you to to think about. 
first of all, the supply chain responsibility in before I joined Cargo really gave me full visibility of from consumer back to the uh, uh, farm. I would say from the uh, very original part of the uh, uh, food and agriculture supply chain, and that's very important understanding in terms of the supply chain career has allowed me to understand how they actually work different part of value chain. That's very important first, right? You need to understand the overall value chain of your business, regardless of agriculture or could be other industry. And then the second is the change I need to really make a step forward, a big, quite a big step forward is the business strategy. Supply chain typically in a functional organization more involved in terms of operational excellence, including in terms of efficiency optimizations. But overall business is about the growth, about how you capture market opportunities, understand your consumer and customer needs, and solve a business problem, and at the same time create return for shareholders and also for the employee and for the society. So to truly master the understanding of how we make a strategic choice and how we link the execution capacity we already learn from our supply chain role to fulfill this strategic ambition. If you can master the, the connection with these two elements, you will be very successful. Mm-hmm. And that's one element. Second element, very important, is about people. In reality, in fact, I should probably put people first. When you have a, a, a head of a strategy, that's kind of my belief. I, I always believe that we must have put people in the center of everything, regardless whether you manage your supply chain or you manage your business. When you, when you manage business, we are managing a significant amount of resources in the organization. We must align the vision and also engage every employee to understand why I'm doing everything I do. When I get out of bed, come to work for the company, what value that create for customer and what value that create for myself in terms of adding value to the society. So that part also extremely important that to put people in the center of your everything that you do and to make sure that to engage the whole organization to create a value for the customer and the society. It is super critical to any successful strategy execution. Mm-hmm. And also what's quite fascinating about, about your background is that you've, um, and we talk a lot, and there's a lot of talk in, in supply chain end-to-end, right? So, And you also mentioned it, right? That, that full uh, end-to-end understanding of what's going on. You have that, and then you kind of put on top, I mean, I think your last role in Cargill before stepping into this MD was strategic. I'm curious, is looking backwards I, a lot of people come to us as executive search right and asking us how can i make it to the top and and usually that's one of the pieces of advice that we tell them look make sure that you have an end-to-end understanding of the business because that will enable you if you want to go to an executive role to really understand what's going on you can't just be a expert in procurement alone because then then you're missing other pieces that kind of create the puzzle for you, I guess my question then for you is, when you look back at your 20, 30-year career, were there certain inflection points when you had some aha moments? And that's when, I don't know, were, were there such moments when it was like, ah, I don't know, for you maybe in, in your career? Oh, that's a that's a very good one. So um, I will probably pick one particular point in terms of two. First of all, when, that was during my young times. We won. I was recruited time when Yam had very ambitious, ambitious growth target to define China as the most important market for them. And also they will have different business model. And then supply chain has identified the strategic capability to enable the uh, successful growth strategy. 
And the CEO at the time spent quite a bit of time it's, uh, talking to all of us in the supply chain organization. He always emphasized that. I want all of you to think very strategically in terms of you know how you're going to help with the growth. And it's not about the cost saving. It is about how you enable the strategy. So that was the aha moment for me to understand that I really need to always understand why we do this. Everything we do, with that, what's the meaning of the supply chain responsibility we have to link with the business growth strategy. So from that, I always focus on everything is need to, I need to understand the total picture of the why before I do the what and the how. So sometimes we very confident to do, I'm experts, I very much focus on the how, but I, at that time, I always put what matters first before I start to apply how. How, that's another element, is you can always to learn by yourself or build with other functions to bring the, the how together, but without understand, and understanding uh, why it matters and what must be prioritized and what's most important to drive the success. We t- sometimes we say, you, you, you know, just like your personal career, right? So do you have, have you choose the right direction first? Right. If you put the ladder to the wrong side of direction, then you will do extremely well, but you're not executing to, to, the, to the, uh, the end goal as you want to be. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my aha moment. And mm-hmm. it has been with me all the time. No matter what role, is I play a function role, a business role, to me understand the what matters and why it matters is very important. Mm-hmm. No, great, great point. You've already uh, just FYI, actually, not not to the you know soon been already wants to apply, so I guess you've already convinced him <laughs> to, to work with you. So that's that's good feedback. As always, another thought that comes to my mind, Xueling, is you know specifically around the the, the why now in in terms of you as a PNL holder, the amount of disruption and and problems literally chaos that keeps on piling up in the in the supply chain world is we've never i don't know i mean you've been around more than i have but i haven't quite seen anything like this how do you how do you manage this right and and you specifically have done snop you have you you know you're very well good at planning you know it's very difficult to even do forecasting nowadays right so i mean i'm asking from that angle of how do you even manage all this this you know unknowns uh, covid port strikes god knows what right and still manage a business well well, uh, yes, indeed. The last 18 months, I think doesn't matter whether you are in supply chain or not in supply chain, all our life has been affected by the interruption of a global supply chain, right? So probably one of the most significant event is that big vessel, the evergreen vessel being uh, locked, <laughs> stuck yeah. in, the, uh, uh, in Egypt. So my experience so far in the last 18 months, in fact, the planning function become even more extremely important when you cannot forecast future. That that sounds like a, a, a interesting statement. How can you forecast when you don't know even know how the future will look like? That's ex- extremely important because to me, planning is like uh, is a brain of the the whole system. So when the system become less predictable, the system need to react differently in terms of creating more scenarios. It's not about planning. It's not about accuracy. Planning is about understanding the underlying business assumptions and also the resources planning from the productions, from the external environment, from my, our supplier ecosystem, like packagings, raw materials, the liners and containers, right? And we cannot 
plan based on the the uh, as usual then we need to really understand what's going on how would i do how would i understand the potential scenarios if that particular part of supply chain is not working how would that impact back to the total picture the other element of planning i think is very important and is especially linked to as an overall pnl owner in a b2b primary b2b business customer is in the center of everything we do so we are part of our customers extended supply chain that's that's one of the very important element uh, we must uh, remember first so we keep a very constant conversation with our customer side of a supply chain team is from our supply chain team talking to our customer side of supply chain and the sales together so they were working together to figure out you know what kind of a risk and we, we, we have very close relationship with some of the very large global uh, companies. And if we don't do well, we will impact their productions and how they serve their uh, customer and consumer as well. So with that kind of in mind, when the two organizations from both supply chain side, they're talking to each other and we develop solutions, we develop a very lots of, uh, uh, how to say, a uh, uh, not cost efficient solution, but more in terms of how we're going to empower, uh, enable your productions, continuous productions, and also to make sure, ensure that you will serve your customer during a very critical time. And then we were in, in uh, working with our ecosystem of supply chain to support this strategy that we agreed, right? And this kind of a mindset, in fact, has in reality has increased a huge amount of trust from our customers. And they trust us, us not just because we sell good product to them, is we absolutely think about what's the potential interaction to their system. And we proactively looking at options and providing them say, you know, there are a few options how you're gonna work around. So that hope will give you a sense in terms how supply chain in the very disruptive, disruptive world like COVID can add additional value to create more customer engagement, customer satisfaction, rather than, you know, just to fulfill uh, the uh, operation needs of the uh, business. Mm. Now, I love what you said that the, in in this world where it's almost yeah it is impossible actually to accurately forecast the process of planning becomes even more important. There is yeah. a quote that you might that you might know is uh, what was it? Failing to plan is planning to fail. So it's 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 kind of you know contradictory, but it kind of makes sense as well. I'll drill to a specific topic that is a pain point most and also in your business where your margins are not necessarily the highest, right? Because when you're moving around commodities, it can play an incredible part. Transportation costs, which have gone through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, three to five times to God, God knows. I mean, it depends on the, the trade lane, right? And the, and uh, how did you or how are you currently? Because it's still ongoing. Huh? How are you currently managing that? Well, that indeed, I think you absolutely point to a pain point of, yes, indeed, our business a, as a large volume uh, movement around the world. But just one correction point, my business is not a commodity business. We do create additional value of uh, it's a function ingredients in the further processing of the downstream. However, still compare with like iPhone, is still relatively <laughs> lower margin uh, a product, no doubt about that. And the logistic cost is extremely high, how to say, a high portion of a total supply chain cost. And not just to me, but also uh, to customer. So a couple of things, right? So first, I still think uh, one very important, 
transportation and the uh, global network optimization has been a very key focus of Cargill when we work around the world. And we also, during this period of time, we were able to engage with some external vendors can provide more real-time data information to help us make decisions faster and better. That is important. I think data and real-time information is critical. And because of we focus our leverage our global network strengths and also identify key partners that help us to providing more real-time information to help our customer as well. Because my business serve customer around the world, more than 60 countries. And not all of them have that visibility or the network that Cargill have. So we were able to provide insight to them. And sometimes we even switch services model to ensure that they can leverage our strengths so we can help them to ship product around the world. That's the way how we serve our customer. And interesting point is because of COVID in the what has influence significantly how the global supply chain had uh, used to work versus potentially, you know, could change. And as you said, has not been over. And we, we still think it will be next two years, uh, still will take take some time. Uh, not even sure whether we will be able to recover uh, pre-COVID time from a global trade flow point of view. Because of that, so from a, a serving customer point of view, our supply chain team and the logistic team who's managing this kind of a, a containers and uh, liners, uh, networks, that become a very critical part of a conversation with our customer to creating additional solution to them as part of our service package. Mm. I want to double click a little because that's that's quite fascinating. And what you said that also the fact that you have a network and again, let's let's zero in edible oils, right? Which is your part, which is, you know, quite a bit different to grains, for example. Most likely it's also going to add to the complexity of transporting it. How you said that you managed to leverage your network to help your clients? Maybe do you have one or two examples there? I, I would, you know, I'd love to hear more. I'm, I'm curious myself. I'm sure. I'm this. <laughs> yes, we have customer in Argentina, and Argentina experiencing. You, if you read the international news, you probably know that in Argentina have a couple of challenges, right? So in the whole Latin America, of course, COVID impact is quite significant, and the second is also the currency. It's a highly fluctuated currency environment, and also the uh, port operations. Uh, the customer sitting in their countries, they may not understand uh, the uh, some of the uh, global uh, uh, liners operations or how that impact their uh, destination arrival time. And our customer is producing certain very important product for children. And we don't want their production have any interruptions, right? So they are feeding uh, younger uh, babies that are critical for their for their life and uh, their nutrition uh, uh, needs during the time. So we offer this kind of a market intel to them and then to see whether we can help them put, uh, put their products not in their preferred liner, but in the liner that uh, or the uh, certain routes that we think can ensure the supply. That's just mm-hmm. one of the Mm, no, super useful and, and almost life, <laughs> life critical. Yeah. There's a question that came through on, on YouTube in terms of how do you see the last 18 months and the impact to the future, right? Has, uh, I mean, okay, the uh, there's some big trends, right? Okay, the localization, China plus one, there's another big one, digitalization. But let's let's talk specifically because that's, that's more useful. So in your world, how likely is that your networks and your maybe you know your sourcing your your manufacturing will change or not what what is likely to change for you specifically in the next 12 to 24 months hmm uh going into secrets yeah but (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, indeed, I probably will provide a few uh, general trends where I see uh, happening in the in the industry. So I will. Uh, um, first of all, I think during the uh, from our research, uh, the consumer research, we understand consumer concern about health, uh, health and and, and the safety more during this period of time. With that concern, we also looking at in terms of how we improve our overall supply chain and uh, product offering to make sure that they will continue to to meet uh, the consumers' needs that they want to build more safe, more safe product, etc. Because when I say safe, is from a quality, from a safety point of view, in terms and manage upstream uh, supply chains as uh, provide higher confidence level that to uh, a consumer that you know even with this kind of interruptions etc in fact we are emphasizing more to the food safety and then we have upgraded and made a lot of investment to make sure that our quality uh, management control system testings and a partner with external uh, parties and including recently if you uh, i don't know whether any of you noticed that i've uh, also on behalf of Cargill, I was on a panel with Future Food Asia. It's a startup event. And we also awarded a, a startups with that kind of technology can help us better to understand the food quality and how that impacts the consumer taste, etc. So that's to me is a, 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 a we continue more focus because of our consumer care more about the food quality safeties and their well-beings that trigger by the, uh, the pandemic. Right? And the second is the supply chain, as you mentioned, right? So lots of people re- re- redesign, lots of companies are thinking about redesign their supply chain to with certain antip- anticipation that the supply chain dis- disruption probably still will happen for a while. And how are we going to serve the, uh, uh, the markets and customer better? That's also a very important trend in terms of developing more means of transportation. If it's, you know, from a, a short distance, long distance, and a different distance, different tra- transportation mode, how can we serve customer better? But the other side that we're also looking at in terms of how we increase use of the data and uh, data analytics and also some of potentially uh, AI into our in our system so we can provide a faster quicker visibility in our supply chain so allow our customer because now everybody working from home right so the way how we interact with our customer also is different so uh, allow our customer to to use uh, better data technology to constantly update them about you know where's my cargo where's my products well when they arrive my uh, plants so uh, make their life will be easier so we have made quite a big uh, investment into like mycargo.com to create a, a uh, it is a very uh, customized interface to our customer allows them to access their information that tailored to their needs that to help their life to be more efficient and can be uh, can be more helpful so that's kind of a two things i like to call out here mm. and speaking about the the event that you mentioned yeah one of my um one of my good contacts, Pierluigi Sigismondi, he was speaking there as well. He's, he's the president of Dola. I'm familiar with a lot of the good things that, that the event has brought through in terms of also on the sustainability front. I think there's been a lot of discussions. So maybe let me ask you also on that because, well, in, in the edible oils, but there's what's the palm oil. I think there's been some, I don't know how much you deal with that, right, in specific, but there's been some concerns, right, on the sustainability front. I don't want to talk about that in particular, but I want to talk about sustainability. And food sustainability is one big aspect and sustainability at large is in, in, in another bigger aspect. So how are you as a whole, as a company at Cargill addressing it? Well, sustainability is a very critical uh, part of our mission. And uh, Cargill's mission is to nourish the world in a responsible and sustainable way. And we have invested, constantly invested in past many years, <laughs> my time with Cargill, right? 
to uh, not just in terms of some parts of the supply chain as you mentioned, right? So palms have palm have certain sustainability goals, and we also look in our operations from uh, uh, we use solar panels in our operations try to see reduce the uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And then we also look at the uh, more efficient way to improve our processing technologies, reduce the uh, water consumptions. And now we also look in terms of transportation to see how we're going to reduce the uh, overall uh, impact to the environment. If you're interested, you can go to Kagu's website. We have a uh, very comprehensive program developed to deliver our commitment in terms of uh, by, uh, you know, 20, uh, 2030, uh, what's what do we want to achieve? And by 2050, what do we want to achieve? So there is a very clear set of ambition for us to ensure that we as a cargo will be the most uh, sustainable and responsible company in all the uh, agriculture space. And myself in our in the edible oil business, that even more because we so close, as I, as I mentioned earlier, right, my business is a uh, highly value added business and we work with lots, lots of large global company uh, very closely. And we kind of share similar vision. Many of those like-minded companies, just like, you know, they want us to help them more to achieve the uh, sustainability goals together. And that's also a very important part of my work to ensure that our supply chain up to the uh, farmers and uh, small farm holders, especially small farm holders in Southeast Asia, that we will help them and to be part of that sustainability journey and to make the uh, environment better and also the uh, community livelihood could be better. Mm. Thank you. As a kind of closing questions, I also wanted to touch upon, and, and I know that you're involved in a lot of development courses. Uh, you, are, you, know, you were a sponsor for the coaching, different coaching programs within Cargill. You, you constantly upgrade yourself. I, I think we had that discussion. So I'm, I'm, I want to ask you, how do you see that area of I mean, beyond the, of course, we should always be learning, but I think, you know, you're, you're putting in quite a lot of effort, both in learning yourself, but also coaching, mentoring others, right? So tell us a little bit about that. Radu, that's, I think that's really the, uh, how to say, uh, one thing I personally feel that we the, the in the supply chain field, right, we call continuous improvement. That is kind of very important element in terms of the supply chain profession, I think, can influence my personal development in terms as an individual. How would I continue to develop myself? And uh, learning is a very important part for me. Uh, On-job learning, of course, you can see from my past career, I have lots of opportunity to practice different different roles. And even different roles, I always do actual more than that role require. And that trigger me, trigger my interest to learn new, new, new skills and understand more about how the world evolves. So you can see, right? So one thing is the digital digital innovation course that our company have introduced to the senior executive. And I was very privileged to, to be able to learn from INSEA and the Conan Ferry who developed a program first. And then I also, also believe the best way to learn is you need to, to coach others. So that take the opportunity to say, yeah, I will sponsor the next layer of study. So to first thing is I can continue to internalize all the knowledge and understanding, by the way, and also share my learnings with the next layer of the organization so we can bring the whole organization faster. That's all. also reflect to say in the digital era, the speed of a change will be much faster. I also believe the only thing constant is change, right? So you must be either part of that force or you're out of that force. So I would rather to be part of that force to accelerate the change. So that's why I devote my time to also coach others while I'm learning. 
Mm. And the other element related to say, when I become overall general manage, uh, manager for the business, I become more and more humble in terms of to understand how the uh, business world, my business, just one component of the ecosystem. So when you have that opportunity to look at the overall business, the impact of the people, to their livelihood, to the community, to the customer, and to the upstream, to the downstream customer, etc., it always reminds me about that there are how many things that I don't know. So I always try to understand things. I personally feel like I it's really interesting. It's really something I don't know enough. And I like to learn about it. It could be nothing related to my job at all. It's just a personal interest. But the interesting thing is when you learn a lot of things and then you apply the system thinking, which is also for supply chain profession, it's a critical skill, right, to connect the dots together. And I'm, I realized all the knowledge and the new skills that I learned allow me to create different solutions, look at the things differently, and to uh, create probably a, uh, probably call it a certain one plus one probably bigger than 10 type of effect because you will see the thing completely different. So I still think there are a lot of things I don't know, but I just feel like Mm. make sure I always devote my time in a year, no matter how busy I am, 10 to 15% of time, learn things that I don't know or read books or attend certain course. Mm. Super. Final question. What was one the most useful? It's going to be tough to choose, but anyways piece of advice that you received talk about mentoring right from one of your mentors or bosses or coaches or that was the most useful in your career uh i i thought about this uh i think you might ask me that question so i anticipated damn it (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just kidding i personally always think is uh, be humble and also be curious that's just that's the thing i i personally feel that's at least has really applied to me to stay as a humble leader and also be curious to try to understand other people, other other people's perspective. And that it will make yourself a better and then you can be a better leader. And then therefore you can create more impact to the organization. Uh, no matter what role uh, you are in, could be professional or non-professional. So mm-hmm. that would be my advice. Be humble and be curious. And the third advice from our discussion, I think, anticipate. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you, you're very good at that. <laughs> I'm no, I just want to make a fun of you. So, but, <laughs> but this is a fantastic uh, conversation. And I hope sharing my personal experience and my uh, personal reflection will be helpful for the audience here. No, absolutely. Um, great pleasure to have you, Xiling. Great examples. You made it very practical. Um, thank you very much. And I'm, I mean, you'll see afterwards, there's been a lot of comments. I'll take you separately. So it's um, been a pleasure. Stay safe, stay healthy, keep navigating whatever comes in the future. And uh, it's been it's been awesome having you today with us. Radu, thank you for offering this opportunity. And thank you very much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to www.elcodglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest updates first. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify or Stitcher, we would appreciate a kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what, what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help.